If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. And today we're talking about movie scores. Or film scores. Depending on how much of a snob you are. <laughs> da-na, da-na, da-na. Does that sound familiar, Ryan? Well, sort of. <laughs> I realized Despite like halfway through, I was like, I don't think I actually know. <laughs> Despite the fact that's the easiest soundtrack to replicate, I think you might have been off key yeah, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I realized I was like, well, I think you were trying to do I, Jaws. Yeah, hey, but you. Call, I did you recognize did, it, you even was. though you were off. A so even bit. though I was way off, because I realized, like, I had a split second to think, and it was the Lord of the Rings, the Shire soundtrack, or it was Jaws. So you mixed like, the two together. Right. <laughs> you pulled the notes from the Shire and the beat from Jaws. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, if you haven't figured out from our intro where we said it specifically, mm-hmm. and by Todd's amazing rendition. <laughs> Of Jaws. I mean, for a second, I thought John Williams Spielberg was calls in here. Me. It's Spielberg calls me. We need you. Conducting that music. Uh, yeah, for Jaws 6. I'm getting a text. John Williams says he's retired. I can take over. <laughs> he says, I. he just sends a weeping emoji. <laughs> weeping. 100, the 100 emoji. <laughs> yeah. uh, today we're going to talk about some soundtracks. I Let's talk maybe about initially just our relationship with soundtracks. That sounds weird. A relationship with Well, soundtracks. it started a couple years ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was about five years old when I first met soundtracks. Well, uh, but no, yeah, go ahead. I mean, the iconic one is like Star Wars. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so um, yeah, so let's talk about um, uh, how important soundtracks are to us individually. Let's just start. Let's start with us personal and then maybe we can right. talk more about as filmmakers and film critics, if we want to call ourselves that, amateur film critics, uh, then obviously the importance of soundtracks in movies. Yeah. So do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I would say- How important are soundtracks to you in liking a movie? Definitely Zero like to top ten. three. Top three? Yeah. Like if a, a movie could be bad and have a great soundtrack, and I'll probably there'll be a part of me that'll be like, who's- but the soundtrack, you know, like yeah. it's, it's that's how important. Like it is. yesterday, <laughs> yesterday. Well, I don't know because even I was like, "Is are the Beatles good?" <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. Like nothing's convincing me that he would become popular. But um, I did buy all three Lord of the Rings soundtracks on CD when oh, they came wow. out. So that's like how much yep. that music meant yep. to me. Yep. Um, still will play when we yep. were remodeling this office evan shout out to evan yep. we got to see this weekend um we'd listen to movie soundtrack yep while we were building yep. so it's it's super- yeah and we'd play the game where we'd guess which one it is exactly and so i would say on my inspiration music is my number one inspiration to get me into writing mood and all that stuff yep so soundtrack really is like the most important thing to me um obviously like cinematography good story writing yeah i think story writing is number one and then it's probably cinematography or so uh, uh, music f- score, yeah, the film. And score. then would cinematography be number three, the shots? Yeah, and maybe the good acting, but yeah, you know, <laughs> it's <laughs> and maybe good acting. Yeah, yeah, like you can have. Sorry, Rachel, <laughs> if you're still listening. Yeah, you might have checked out when we started talking about video games about ten podcasts ago, but 
If yeah. you are still there. <laughs> yeah. You're you're in Todd's top five. Well, at least Joey's listening. So Joey, That's thank right. You at for least listening. Joey's listening. Supposedly uh, Todd really does barbecue a lot. Yes. Uh, he said three to seven times a week. Which is almost every single yeah. day if it's that's up a, to seven. That's, that's a, a big, pretty big range, Joey. <laughs> it's somewhere between one and seven times a week. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, so what about you? Uh, I love soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it is also probably like number two. Yeah. Number one would be story, and number two would be soundtrack. I don't know if I have liked a movie just because of, like, if I would like a bad movie if there's no good soundtrack. But I think if it's a good story, and that isn't like a a strike against the movie, then good music can take. I feel like I feel like to a certain degree, like music. Soundtracks are like for me are like the um, the spices, yeah, almost yeah. like salt. It yeah. like brings out the flavor yeah, of so what's already good. there. Yeah, um, and like good music, great soundtracks can take a scene that was good and make it amazing. Yeah, it sets uh, the mood. Yeah, it yeah. does. Um, you know, you think of so yeah, I, you know, you think of something like Up, where it's like that music at the beginning. Yeah, very very little dialogue, and it's that whole scene of him and his wife, and like the music is perfect. Yeah, and every like the emotional cues. That music helps you, basically says, okay, now it's time to feel sad. Yep. It's almost like it's giving you permission to feel a certain way and like opening the door for you to walk in that direction. So I was the weird kid in middle school and high school when all my friends, punk rock was the thing, mm-hmm. when I was like Weezer and bands like that, when I was younger. And I was the weird kid where people were like, all my friends were into music and and they were in, they were in bands. They were like the skater punks and the punk rockers. And they'd always be like, Ryan, what's your favorite band? And I'd be like, John Williams. <laughs> As you wore a suit and tie. <laughs> yeah, I wish. If only I could. I wasn't like weird enough yeah. to be cool. I was just weird. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've always like, I mean, like my first albums, like what you're talking about are like my first CDs. Like my CD collection was like 75%, 80% Soundtrack. soundtracks. Yeah. And the other 20% were the ones I just got for free from that Columbia Records thing. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so it wasn't like... Even like video game soundtracks, I've even always loved. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like the Legend of Zelda back in the day. Or, yeah. Or even like Mario. I mean, it's like just like simple stuff that you're like, um, those like s- scores and soundtracks, whether it's to a TV show or a movie or a video game, whatever. Soundtracks to me have always just been. It's the part that like really like sticks with me. Yeah. And like holds holds me to the to the score, um, holds me to the movie. I mean, and I think I think part of like I was saying it earlier like it takes those emotional scenes and just takes them to the next level when there's really good music um but they also like you feel i feel like soundtracks are most commonly used or are like used the best used at their used at their greatest um possibilities or yeah. greatest potential they find their greatest potential um during the most emotional moments in the yeah. movie yeah you know so i think of like um I recently watched The Lion King live action, which is not live action since it's also animated. But uh, the scene where Mufasa dies and like Simba's there, yeah, like the score of that moment. Wait, wait, just a second. We got, we got to get rid of the soapbox that you were standing on. We got to get okay. okay continue with this. <laughs> uh, it's I can bring it back if you want me to. We can have a whole we'll, podcast we'll episode about that if you want. But. Uh, it's just like that moment though, where he has, you know, it's, it, yeah. it's a Disney movie where they sing throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um. But and I, although those are great, I wouldn't really call like a musical 
as a, like the parts of like singing. Yeah. I wouldn't really call that as like soundtrack. Yeah. I would think more of like the score yeah. as a soundtrack. Um, that that moment in there where like his, you know, Mufasa's dead and somebody's trying to wake him up and he's a little cub and he hasn't figured out if he's dead or alive and he's hoping that he's not dead. It's like, and the music that like they put to it is just perfect. So, uh, yeah, when I got to college and Facebook launched when I was a sophomore, that's how old I am. <laughs> well, we already know your age when you said Columbia Record. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Somebody, Lewis, <laughs> if you're listening, that was this thing where you could sign up and get CDs for free for a monthly cost that initially was low, and then they would jack the price up and right. you pay tons of money, and your parents would be like, what's these things on my credit card? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but I got like two CDs that I don't ever listen to. <laughs> Come on, Mom. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're doing chores around the house to pay off your records, right. your CDs that you never pay for. But, uh, or you never listen to. But um, on my, you had to, you know, fill out a bio on your, your About Us thing or whatever on Facebook. And it was, back in the day, it was actually kind of like more up at the top. Yeah. Um, and my, my little description of myself was that like, one day I'm going to make a movie with Steven Spielberg and John Williams is going to compose it. So that's how much I like loved John Williams yeah. and Steven Spielberg. Like those two guys, like to me are like, like all my good memories of movies. Right. Is like the music of John Williams. And then the the story and visuals of of Spielberg. Yeah. Um. So, and that's definitely my favorite composer yeah. across the board. Well, and I was just thinking about like, what are the two things when you think of a movie? You either think of a quote or you think of the music. Yep. You know, you don't think about like the shot really. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, yeah. as much as we love cinematography and all that stuff. Um. And most people don't. Like maybe at- if it's Roger Deakins, when I think of Skyfall, I think of cinematography. But yeah. Other than that, and, and I think most. Everyday average moviegoer that's not somebody in our industry right. they they don't understand cinematography yeah like you know it's almost like it's almost like good audio recording of dialogue and good camera work if it's done well people the everyday person doesn't even notice it yeah you know good editing it's like all that is just like if it's done really well people never even recognize yeah. people who do it as their craft they recognize it yeah. and can appreciate it a lot but people who people like my sisters. Yeah, they just, they just go and watch it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I uh I agree completely. Yeah, music is what you remember, or um or the or the uh, dialogue. You know, yeah. the the script basically. You know, script and music. Um, I do have one little fun story. Um, about four years ago, maybe. Uh, we're near Atlanta, and the Atlanta Symphony. Uh, John Williams and mm. Steven Spielberg were traveling around the country to raise money for music programs at schools. And they were traveling around to different orchestras and perform or symphonies and performing John Williams's music that was in, mo- most of them were in, I guess not all of them, because he did like Harry Potter and other stuff, but a lot of them were in Spielberg's movies. Right. And Spielberg then would come and talk about the, in, in like in the second half of the of the show or the concert, he would he would talk about the the importance of music actually, like what our podcast is, basically. Steven Spielberg should be on this podcast right now. <laughs> but he would talk about- Open the, invitation, my man. Yeah, anytime, buddy. Mm-hmm. Come on over. <laughs> but he would. Uh, he talked about the importance of how important the soundtrack is to movies. And even for him, like how important specifically to his movies, like how he was like, I like almost like, if, if it wasn't for John Williams, he's like, my movies are just a bunch of images. Yeah. He's like, he's the one that makes them yeah. good. Um, and so, of course, I get that email and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to this. Yeah, yeah. John Williams and <laughs> Steven Spielberg are yeah. going to be there. Yes, I'm yeah. going. So the tickets were like $200, and Worth I was it. like, I didn't even care. 
So I told Helen, I was like, hey, just so you know, like I'm going to go to this. You're welcome to come if you want to. Yeah. But even if you say you don't want to because you don't want to spend the money, I'm, I'm spending the money. Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. going. And we were still like newly married. So it was one of those things where it's like. It's a big expense. It's a big expense. Yeah. You don't know how much you can yeah. spend without yeah. letting the other person like weigh in and say no. And it was like, that was the first time that I was like, I'm going to do this no matter what. Yeah. You can be really mad about it if you want to, but I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. This. And so then I signed up. Well, I went online to do it. And I guess I had heard about too late because there was only two seats left open. There was one open in the balcony and then one open down front. And I was like, do you want to go? We can't sit together, but I'm still going. (laughs) So we bought two tickets and I'm sitting down like 12 rows from the front and then Helen's up in the balcony. (laughs) We're not even sitting next to each other as we're at this concert. Uh, And Helen said she had more fun like watching me than she actually had watching the show because she was like, she could see me. She was at like on the edge of the balcony, so yeah. she she still had a good seat, yeah. even though she wasn't close. But like when like Spielberg came out, and then like John Williams was there, and they're like mm-hmm. hanging out together. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my dream. Yeah, this is my Facebook dream. Yeah. Did you just go full platoon, just like arms wide open, yeah. just falling yeah. your knees? Yeah. <laughs> I just shouted out, "Marry me!" <laughs> when Jurassic Park, you you imitated that yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like a little kid acting it out. Uh. It was amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, they played Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, Far and Away, Jaws. Jaws. Uh, did they Indiana play Jones. Uh, Hook? No. Uh, I actually love the Hook soundtrack. Hook soundtrack. It's I great. know. Well, and that's the thing is, I think a lot of people don't realize how many movies uh, John Williams has done. No. Oh, yeah. He's, and um, he's at, he has the most Oscars out of anyone currently alive. He's right. won the most Oscars out of anyone yeah, currently alive. I believe it. There's another person who won more. He was another composer, but, yep. he's, but he's passed away. And and John Williams is only like one one yep. Oscar behind or something like that. So I hope that for his sake, he yeah. wins the most. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool. They showed actually a scene of Indiana Jones without the music, and then they showed it with the music. Yeah. And then they turned it back off. They turned the music back off, and then he composed like he they the orchestra played nice. that scene live. Um, and then in between, Spielberg was saying like you know like see like without the music yeah. It's just Harrison Ford running around on a tank. Yeah, but with it, it makes all the difference in the yeah. world. No, so. it's I I had seen the example where it was like Luke hiding from Vader, and uh, I think the last Star Wars movie, Episode Six or whatever, um, and the person had taken away. It's where he's like, "I will kill your sister," or whatever, and he's like, "Oh," and they removed the music to like "Twinkle Twinkle," it was like, ding, ding, and it was like hilarious, but yeah. like just such a mood switch. Yeah, like it just completely blew your mind. Yeah, well, and and especially with like TV shows now going to those. When you think of music like Game of Thrones, dun 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 yeah. dun, dun yeah. you know, you automatically think You got that, that one. Exactly. Well, that's the most recent. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, never seen Jaws. You've never seen Jaws. Never seen Jaws. God, so I I've wanna seen, stop this podcast I've right now and go watch Jaws with pieces you. Pieces and parts of it. You've never and watched I, Jaws? I've never sat down and watched the whole thing oh. through. To be honest, looks boring. No, <laughs> it's so good. You need to watch it. Oh my god, that's probably one of yeah. his best movies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, anyways, um, we're watching Jaws. <laughs> I've seen War Horse. <laughs> uh, you've seen War Horse, but you've never seen Jaws. You yeah. saw you saw the Big G or whatever. Ugh, BFG. BFG, but you didn't watch yeah. Jaws. Yeah. And I need to watch that three. <sighs> that's what theme. started. Yeah. The summer blockbuster, Todd. <laughs> you gotta watch yeah. Jaws. Well, you know, Allie, I'll, I'll watch. I know it. you're listening. I don't think she's like seen it. Force. Well. <laughs> Both of you, then. I mean, we're Forrest the new, Todd we're the to new watch generation, Jaws. baby. We don't need to watch those. <laughs> no, but I do want to watch that. So, uh, but 
you know, or even like how iconic, like uh, yeah. you've never seen Stranger Things, but the beginning of Stranger. Yeah, I actually have watched enough to. Yeah, I watched the first few episodes. Yeah, so um, but yeah, the what we're trying to say is music is very very powerful. Yes, and for both of us, it's something that we love. Yeah, I, I'd say I mean, you, that hook soundtrack legitimately oh, makes me feel like a kid. Uh, yeah, that hook soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. yeah, and obviously, I mean, John Williams is is by far my favorite. Um, and I think some of that is like as I've gotten older, his his soundtracks a lot of times do have a lot in common. Yeah, and it's like not that it's hard sounding repetitive because I would never say that about you, Johnny. But <laughs> there is times where it he uses starts, the trumpet a lot. He starts using a lot of the same kind of motifs. Yes, uh, in a lot of his music, where you could blend them all together and you could tell it's made by him. Yeah, and probably so, part of that is just like he's made so many that it has now become almost like common. Yeah, uh, and so then if you were looking for something a little unique, a little different, it's like. Well, so much stuff sounds like John Williams. Yep. Because either people are trying to be him or he's written it. Yeah. That I have branched out to other composers that I also really love. Um, Howard Shore. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Um, what's some other he, great Howard ones? Shore did Lord of the Rings, and you have Danny Elfman who did a lot of like kind of he did the Spider Man's and he Yeah, then did, he did the wire. Maybe. Uh, Danny Elfman's like done a ton of stuff, but he, so you have like, I'm not as big as John Williams. And you have Howard Shore, who, like, really, Lord of the Rings is the most iconic, like, thing. Yeah. He hasn't really done Which too I actually much. got to see him come and play. Yeah. That's too. a dream of mine to see that. Yeah. Um, also and, at the Atlanta Symphony. Yeah. Folks, go check out the Atlanta Symphony. Yeah, check it out. And then, um, Johan Johannesson, he did a rival soundtrack and did a lot yeah. of stuff like that. And he he also, actually passed away. I think uh, by suicide, which unfortunately is too bad. He also helped out with um, Chernobyl. Oh, interesting. That's what we were talking about on the Chernobyl episode. Yeah. Um, and then I am missing. I'm, uh, what's I'm looking the, it what's up. What's the one that? Who, uh, not with the. That's one. what I'm looking up with. The guy that did Braveheart. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, there's. While we are thinking of that, there is also Hans Zimmer. Yep. Um, and he was obviously yeah. iconic. Like Gladiator. He, he brought about um. So James Horner, who yep. died, yep. and he did uh, he, he like died in the plane Avatar, crash, right? and he did Titanic, yep. and he did Braveheart. I feel like Hans Zimmer, James Horner, and John Williams. Yeah. Are three of the most iconic ones. Yeah. In the, like history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then. Um, and then I definitely like there's people that have been prolific like Danny Elfman. Yeah. Um, and I still, I mean, I would put Howard Short just because Lord of the Rings soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. I would put even if that's like his one hit wonder, man, it gets him in the it yeah. gets him in the club. Yeah. No, I mean it's the so good. Fact that that's I mean I bought that soundtrack. It still holds up. It immediately he was able to capture Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like that's the crazy thing. Yeah. Like. Can you remember the Narnia soundtrack? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like don't really remember the Narnia soundtrack at all, but Lord of the Rings, yeah, is super iconic. Of course, super, so. yeah, and and so, um, and I think this is you know the power of a good soundtrack or a good score is that like so I went to the Atlanta Symphony when he was traveling around as well after the third movie came out, Return of the Kings, and um, he played all the scores, the entire every single score. Every single song or mm -hmm. every single yeah, every single song from the score in order from the first movie to the last movie. 
and it was like watching the trilogy. That's awesome. You know, because you just hurt like you you know started with the Hobbit and then went to the you know and just every single thing, and you're like you knew exactly, like you know not that I'd seen the movies a ton. I mean, I'd watched them you know two or three times each. Yeah. But it's like I could like just visualize it and see it, and I think that's the part that like music is not only like tied to our emotions. Yeah. But it's also tied to like imagery. Yeah. You know, like when you hear certain songs, things come to your mind and you see them visually. And so then that then like overlaps within something. It's almost like you're getting double dipped into visuals. You're yeah. watching a visual scene of a sunset, but you're hearing music that makes you think of sunsets and like brings back all these memories of sunsets you've seen in real life. Yeah. And you like tie those two together and all of a sudden you're in this moment of like empathy and connection with this fictional story that you just don't get anywhere else. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, TVs, movies, and video games is really the only place that you have something like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and scores, when just I think it's worth mentioning the scores in video games too because, I mean, back in the day, it was like these 8-bit Mario, which, I mean, still like, I mean, like the... Yeah, yeah. You know, like that sound makes... Anybody who's ever played Mario be like, oh, that's the... <laughs> you know, yeah, I just hit the flag, or yep. I just did this, right? I mean, you think of these things, you know, or even Link, you know, all these uh, Zelda, you know, yeah, there's all these soundtracks that go with all those kind of things. Uh, but now, I mean, like we've talked about, like Battlefield One mm-hmm. had these amazing scores, beautiful. And as like the game was loading, you'd be listening to, you'd see these beautiful images and this amazing score. Or uh, you think about like Red Halo. Dead. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like uh, video games. I feel like have just as powerful and amazing as scores as movies do nowadays, yeah. which is awesome yeah. for anybody who plays video games. I mean, like Red Dead, me and you have talked about, like, there's a moment where Arthur Morgan is, like, knowing that he's basically, like, riding to his death, and yeah. it's this, like, beautiful montage of you, like, riding your horse, and it's cutting to these different angles, and it's, like, beautiful, like, scores playing with yeah. this, like... It's like the golden sunlight. Oh, it's, like, it's like emotional. And that's it's, the way... Yeah, and it's got this song yeah. to it, and it's just, like, it's moving, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's, like, it's, it's really like, powerful. crazy powerful <laughs> yeah. uh, with this character that you've lived with. And I think, once again, it's, like, that's the part that just is... Uh, it's just the the amazing quality, which is why scores yeah. were my favorite music. Yeah, it's as, the, a, ju- it, it as really, a middle schooler. Yeah, it really They're is my the, favorite band. <laughs> it really is the seasoning of story and and um, the emotion of the movie. Another another composer be on the lookout uh, is Lud- Ludwig uh, Göransson. Ludwig Göransson, and he's done um, like Get Out. He's done. He did. He's done a lot of the recent Marvel movies. So like Avengers, the ones that have Infinity better War. scores, right? Exactly. Um, and so he's doing uh, David Tennant or uh, Christopher Nolan's new movie Tenet. Okay. And so he's. I. I this is the first time Christopher Nolan has gone from Zimmerman to uh, yeah, somebody else. Somebody else. So just be on the lookout for that guy. Yeah. I think he's definitely. Yeah, for sure. So part of what kind of prompted this podcast episode is uh, you sent me a nerd writer. YouTube video, the yep. most recent one actually, that where he talks about why um uh Sergio, what's his name? Yeah. Uh the guy who did um 
fistful of dollars and Sir Sergio Leon. Yeah, Sergio Leon. We should we should know that. We yeah. apologize that we don't know that. <laughs> He's a director. He's an amazing director. Did a bunch of western spaghetti westerns. He's the one that basically all, all the Clint Eastwood western movies. I yeah, a lot of them. The iconic ones where everybody goes, you know, like the the, the, good, the, the bad. yeah the good and bad and the ugly. The whistling that everybody's ever done as a little kid when they were playing like draw yeah. with, with plastic guns. Um. The uh, that's all came from him. Yeah. Uh, and definitely worth checking out his movies too. You should watch Jaws first, Todd. Right. But then watch those. But in the in the YouTube video, he was talking about the power of music, and I think he so shows it in a way that obviously you can't get in a podcast by the fact that he shows the opening is Chariots of Fire. Right. And then he cuts the music; it's just people running on the beach, and it's uber boring. <laughs> well, he shows them without music and then he shows them like listening With different to different types own of music. music. Yeah. And yeah. it has them like wearing headphones and <laughs> yeah. like rap music or Yeah. Um yeah, and it's it's it is I mean, that Chariots of Fire is a great example because yeah. I mean everyone the yeah. dun, 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 dun. Yeah. um and so he talked about how Sergio Leon uh, played music while he was filming. Yeah, he did not do Chariots of Fire. No, no. But, but he spaghetti, did the, the yeah. spaghetti western. Yeah. And so as anyone familiar with filmmaking knows sound is super important on set and so because doing it afterwards is a lot of work and so you want to get sound yeah yeah good so like basically good dialogue you want it to be quiet is what you're trying to say and so the fact that he sacrificed that he sacrificed that but it works because it everyone is now has like a perfect timing where they need to be i mean that moment when the camera pans up over and you see everything like it was just it right. Was perfect. Well, they basically have music to dance to, right? And you know, if you want to think of it that way, or yeah. or music to like keep rhythm with, they keep their movements to rhythm with, which is like a normal human thing. Like even little kids at a wedding. Yeah. I mean, you have filmed enough of those to know, like a three year old somehow knows that when there's a beat, they should move their body to yeah. it. <laughs> um, and so it's the same thing. Also, and the camera starts moving to it. The actor starts walking and pace with it. Like even if it's subconscious, you just yeah. do it naturally because you, you can't help it as humans. Um, so yeah, it was super cool. Yeah. He was talking about how, um, uh, and I don't remember how to pronounce the composer's name. Yeah. Anisio something. Yeah. Another Italian composer, which is also iconic <laughs> composer, great mu- music. Uh, but he was saying that like in a normal, the normal process for, you, you know, you write the script, you shoot the script and then you do the music afterwards in post. And he was saying that, uh, Sergio would go and get, the composer and actually have him write the music along with him while he's writing the script. Yeah. And he said that his best collaborator in screenwriting and storytelling was the composer mm. and that the two of them would work together. At the, I totally uh, get that. Yeah. That they would work together at the beginning. And basically as he's working on the script, they're working on the score together too. Hey, I have this scene. Oh, Hey, maybe you could put this kind of music together. So he's writing to his music and the music is being written to the story together. So all that's planned out, even recorded beforehand. So that way then during the movie, they can uh, actually play it like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that even like currently with like movies like Drive. Yeah. Where like they know what they're going to do and they they record it, they play they would play the music or they would edit it live and like You're talking about baby driver. Yeah, baby driver, not yeah. drive, sorry, baby driver. Uh where they would play the music uh either while they're Yeah, it's always on shooting. Beat. Yeah. Yeah, or they would actually edit the scenes as they were shooting them yeah. and they had just added in time for people to sit around and wait for the editor to make sure that the music synced up 
And now then when you watch it, everything is like perfectly tuned to the music. Um, And it's just a really cool way to go about it. Obviously, part of reason why people don't do that most of the time is because of efficiency. Right. And not being efficient means it's going to cost more. Yeah. Um, And composers a lot of times, sadly, like I've heard where like composers get three days to write the entire score for a movie. Three days. That's wild. Three days. It's insane. Um, and so that was actually another YouTube video that's worth watching. Why does Marvel movies music suck? Or yeah. like, why does Marvel movie scores suck? And they were just talking about how that industry or that side of the industry has gotten like marginalized so much and like yeah. crunched and crunched and crunched and crunched to where people, composers don't have time to like come up with as original stuff as John Williams did yeah. with Spielberg. Um, but anyways, I mean, I think going back, if we could get back to that, that's the way to go. And I think with us, with our editing, I know you and I both kind of as editors, and whether it's a video that a client's paying us for or something more creative, I think both of us kind of start with our music a lot Always, of times. yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about now, like your personal process. Yeah. And we can both talk about it, but you can start about your personal process of how scores have influenced your work, how you use them what kind of music you like, how you kind of incorporate it into it, um, how would you wish you could do it in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I, so when I first started editing, I mean, really, that's how I would do it. It's like a song and just edit on the beat and cut it. And so it's really good for, like, if you're making a, um, uh, what's it, what's it where it's just a, a recap of the day or whatever. Highlight? Highlight video. If you're making like a highlight video. Or a montage. Yeah, montage. Music's really good to edit because that's the whole video. It's timing to the... And I think that's how a lot of people kind of start out. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, you've gotten to a point where you work on the story and then you make the music fit to that story. But for the most part, the feeling that I'm getting from the video is going to start with the feeling that the music produces. Yep. So um, if it's, an, you know. So on some of your more creative stuff, like when you did the, yes. um, uh, like even the behind the scenes for um, uh, some of our behind the scenes, like yeah. extra features for yeah. like the documentary or like the, uh, this is a while ago is when you and Allie were dating, but like the one where you filmed, you, you shot some stuff on the trail when yeah. you guys were hiking around walking and then you edited together. I know we don't do as many creative projects as we used to in the same quantity because now yeah. the ones we do are bigger, so it's more like one single project. But uh, how would you – because you're right. I feel like now we we edit the video based off the story right. that we've gotten approved by the client. We've worked yeah. with them in pre-production creative with, and then we add the music to yeah. it after the fact, and we find music that fits the story. So we're kind of doing it the way that – standard Hollywood process. Yeah. Music happens in the post yeah. part of the process. But if I'm making a personal video like yeah. uh sounds or scenes from the trail. Yeah. Or um, if you, or if you were gonna go make a short, yeah. How but, would you want to do it? Yeah. I I very much my relationship with music is is a lot like when they were talking about uh phenomenon with John Travolta and yeah. the trees and the music. I'm like, that's what happens when yeah. I make the stuff is I see nature and I feel it and I hear there's like a sound that's very specific and I match that music to a sound, something very beautiful and kind of transports you because I know I I have a very good palette for music and emotions and how that's going to play into something artistic. Um, 
And so, yeah, it, it really is, okay, what do I want to feel out of this video? Find that song that makes me feel what I want to feel and then edit to the beat, whether that's keeping a little longer on a certain stringed in some, you know, stringed section of it. Or um, and a lot of times with like slower motion, if I'm feeling more, uh, let's just like kind of live in this moment of beauty, slow motion shots, a good one. Uh, it's hard to explain, but yeah, I, I think it's always going to be my base is going to be my music to build my beautiful house yeah and so that's really the best way to describe it if i had a choice to make anything um you know we talked about patterson uh the movie patterson with adam driver i'll watch patterson if you watch jaws <laughs> we'll do it you've deal? never seen Patterson? i thought no. you had seen it uh, deal yeah official deal, deal. I, i'll tell you right deal. now patterson you may i don't think you'll like it but well i guarantee you you'll like Jaws for the most uh, part. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Spielberg's a little over it. No. Uh, <laughs> wow. It's you just, just a hear the door close. You just hear audio of us scuffling. Take <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so my ideal situation is uh, for, like, kind of moments of... I really like how people have been using music for... If it's a quiet moment, almost like the absence of music sometimes. Oh, That's been my new favorite thing yeah. is if it's like a really intense moment or something, the music's gone and we're really feeling that moment. And then the music helps transport us to the next scene or kind of yep. almost it's, it's the in not using music, they're making. I mean, I would probably say that there's my guess yeah. would be that if we talked, if we had 10 budding pr composers and 10 professional ones that have done a lot of stuff. Um, I bet all 20 of them would say that silence yeah. is a instrument. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That they would say, we're going to play silence here. Yeah. I mean, they might not say it that way, but they would be like, oh yeah, silence yeah. is super important. Just like darkness is important to a cinematographer, just like yeah. no dialogue and people looking at each other, nonverbal acting is yeah. important to a screenwriter or an actor because once again it's about the feeling yeah it's about you know, contrast if 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 it's going back to the the flavor you know the seasoning it's about the flavor it's about yeah. what are you tasting and sometimes the absence of salt is better than having a yeah. ton of salt on a cupcake yeah um right a, they're knowing when to use it and when not to or use like it a piece of steak powerful. sometimes it's just as good by itself exactly yeah and so i think um i've seen movies i think like hallmark movies or stuff like that yeah they're just you know, like, bad christmas where they'll just pump the <laughs> yeah. music in there and you're like holy cow like yeah it, we well and to a certain degree i think you know it goes back to you know where we we're saying the top three things you know story is number one right and sometimes the story doesn't need music yeah if if the point of music is to amplify what's already there as a story, yeah, uh, and make it better, sometimes the best way to make it better is to let it be its own thing. Yeah, is just let it sit in silence, and then bring the music in. Yeah, you know, which once again, like I said, it all comes back to contrast. I feel like stories are all about contrast, whether or filmmaking, especially whether it's you know about lighting contrast or acting, where you have you know loud moments, quiet moments, you know, and, and yeah. performances, yeah. Um, sets, wardrobe, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and definitely in music, it's the same way. Um, and I feel like some of those bad movies that pump music <laughs> in, the reason they're doing that is because everybody knows that music is like spice. Yeah. And if you season 
bad food, it's going to taste a little bit better. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's such a good example. You know, it's like this food isn't very good, but if we add enough barbecue sauce to it, you won't taste the fact that it's burnt. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So I think that, you know, and then you're like, wow, this is just a lot of barbecue sauce. I feel like I'm just eating barbecue sauce. And it's like, well, you kind of are. Right. Because well, I, this chicken wasn't cooked right. Yeah, I know? mean, uh, the Sergio Leon, uh, the thing with his movies, he is obsessed with faces, human faces. Yeah. And so there's a scene where, you know, they're really trying to portray, you know, the emotions of the characters. And if they had had no music in that scene where they're just, just staying, it's very awkward. Yeah. And so it helps transport us really to stay in that moment. Yeah. Music, music, once again, is helping us realize what we're supposed to be feeling yeah and so i mean i i think that's why i really love like hook going back to hook is because you felt like you were in neverland like that music you know when you it's fantastical it's fantastical you see the giant like crocodile clock you know and like they're playing bass you know yeah things that like if we maybe watch it through the lens of adult we're like this is dumb but uh, and that's why Spielberg says it's his least favorite movie he's ever made. So not true, Super Spielberg. Sad, Come to our podcast War Horse, and let me dude. tell you. My man, War Horse is <laughs> <laughs> your worst movie. <laughs> we'll be real with you. I'll I know all these you. other people like to stand PMG around and tell you too. great things all the time. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll speak the truth. Yeah. So. War Horse, you should never have made that movie. But I mean, you have Robin Williams and Julie Andrews. I mean, you can't go wrong. And you mean Julie Roberts? Yeah, Julie Roberts. <laughs> Julie <laughs> Andrews, can you make <laughs> <laughs> Julie Andrews. Uh, that was the worst. Oh man! But, if Tinkerbell had been Julie Andrews in her British accent, oh my. <laughs> and then she gets full size and yeah, kisses yeah. him. <laughs> I mean, it could have worked. Robin Williams could make anything happen, but yeah. Um, well, and then uh, Dustin Hoffman is Hook. Yeah, and I didn't even like realize. Amazing. It. Yeah, yeah. But like the little even moments, the kids aren't horrible. In I that mean, one. think about the magical. Rufio. He captured the magical yep. moments where it's like, there you are, yep. Peter. You know, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well and then when he learns how to fly, <laughs> yeah, and they have that music with it, and yeah. then and then the pirate fight scene, yeah. like it's almost like how you would imagine kids yeah. fighting, yeah, like you know, it's almost like you feel like you're like just, you feel like you're watching yourself fighting with sticks in the backyard yeah. with your friends, yeah, not like actually fighting with real swords against pirates, yeah, you know, it's like once again just like the you know, and the whole idea of Neverland being like, is it real? Is it not? Nobody really knows. That's the point, yeah. Uh, and almost like, does it even matter if it's all imagination or if it isn't? Uh, that's I think the beauty of that music is that it sort of captures that like realism, yeah. yet also like fantasticalness. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, think about another... Harry Potter. Yeah, there... I mean, uh, he Harry, did Potter. Harry Potter too. Oh, I mean, would would Harry Potter be the same without yeah. that music? That's Lord of the Rings. Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. I would say those music and Star Wars. So, so okay. yeah, Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean, I could just keep but, going on and on. <laughs> but also, uh, you see, Godfather. Field, have you seen Field of Dreams? Yeah, like the music when he's out in the field, yeah. and it's just like he catches that Midwestern feel. Yeah, and like you feel like the lightning bugs and and yeah. like and the wind, the and, humidity almost yeah. of the summer. But like that music, yeah. just a part of it. Yeah, and then James Earl Jones, <laughs> yes, baseball exactly. will never let you down. Well, sorry, James, but it has steroids, it's really <laughs> rampant. But <laughs> baseball let everyone down. But uh, yeah, so the music, uh, Road to Perdition, is an example. It's one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, and that's uh, Tom Hanks. He's a gangster who, yeah, um, Paul Newman's son is jealous. Who's Daniel Craig? kills uh tom hanks 
family except for his son and him. So they're kind of it's a road to uh perdition. Perdition. Yeah, I guess that's the name of the town or where they're trying to get to. Why is it perdition? Isn't perdition like revenge basically a fancy word for perdition? Yeah, I guess like, so. like it's like, like a redemptive revenge. Well, it's like it's like your judgment day. Isn't that yeah. what perdition means? Yeah. I think so. I don't know. So people, there's Tom people, Hanks people goes, can write in. Yeah. Go to <laughs> go to QT with RT dot com forward slash comments. Win yourself a flat screen TV. <laughs> forward slash free giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. So uh but the music has some of the best like driving music. Because yeah. that was the whole point is they're trying to yeah. go cross country and get. Yeah. And I feel like whenever there's like a 1920s, 1930s style movie and there's a lot of driving, like High Women just did with Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson and they're driving. And it's kind of the same music. Yeah. But, you know, that guy, maybe someone else did before him, but Road Perdition is kind of my yeah. Yeah. first experience of that. So now as John Williams has magical moments or something yep. like that. We kind of, it's so cool that they can create something that goes on to inspire more people. Yeah, to create, totally. You know, even more. Cause I, I feel like Arrival, um, the movie with Amy Adams and stuff yep. like that. Johan, uh, guy who passed away. Uh, he created this almost, Ethereal. Ethereal. Uh, that's a great, that was exactly what I was looking at. Ethereal experience. Yeah. That related you with like the alien, but yeah. beautiful and yeah. you're experiencing. Well, it sort of felt out of this world a little bit, yeah. but of this world. I mean, think about uh, Inception. Oh, yeah. Inception, if it did not have that music, it yeah. would not have felt like a dream. And no. It's like, don't, don't. You yeah. Know? And yeah, I, and, well, yeah, and all the slow, the music and beats with like the slow motion parts of the uh, different, like the parts where like yeah, the the clock and the uh, yeah, all the yeah. um, not the clock, the uh, alarm or whatever yeah. that was sounding to let them know that like that their time in the dream was almost up. Yeah, no, it's a great. I watched that recently again. Actually, that movie's so good. So that's good. one of my favorites that's of his, all time. One of his best, I think. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's probably my favorite Christopher no. Nolan movie. Yeah, and like when like some of his other newer movies have come out, and I'm like, mm, I'm not as crazy about these. And I know you like yeah. that style that he's kind of moved. I'm gonna ride or die for him, man. I know you've kind of you enjoy the newer style that he's kind not newer style, but the style he's kind of gone to, yeah. which is a little bit slower paced and a little bit more about the atmosphere of the yeah. movie. Um, man, I will I will always be a Christopher Nolan fan because of Inception. Yeah. Um, well, um, so for me. Um, I, I think that, um, and this is something I've more even realized more like recently, like, like within the last couple of months. Um, I think I've always had, even though like I, I'm, I'm a fanatic, like I said, I am the guy who said I, soundtracks were my favorite in yeah. junior high and high school. But I think when I get to post, it's actually too late in my process. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I even realized that was the case for me to be deciding what music I want. Oh, interesting. Um, I actually think that like listening to this like nerd writer, like I think I would be more like Sergio yeah. or Sergio or however you say his name, but uh, where it really needs to be like, I wish I could work with the composer at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've listened to a lot of screenwriting podcasts where they talk about making like a mixtape basically or like a playlist that they then play music that to them is like the feelings and the emotions of the story yeah. that they want. And they'll play that um, during the writing process. Um, and so then that's then in their head and that's music that they can share with people during production and during post-production, even if the composer is going to write it after the movie's all cut together and you have like a picture lock on the movie. Um, 
you at least can say like this is the music I want all yeah. the way through because I feel like a lot of times a lot of projects I've done it's like I get to the end of editing and I'm ready to start adding music in and it's like at that point like it's too late for me to tweak the music yeah. or tweak the tweak the story to fit music that's either available because I don't have a original yeah. score or even like you know it's like the 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 creative part of the scoring process with an original score like you, you it's too late to do that at the very end yeah you know like you want the composer to say man it would be really cool to do like this little musical thing here yeah or this little part here and it's like that's awesome but like we didn't shoot anything to yeah. match that footage yeah and we didn't write anything to match that you know to match that little piece of the score you want to do so now it doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's like, it really doesn't make sense to me to like put that at the beginning. Yeah. Nolan, he, uh, and would, even that's the way that like my ideas come to me. Yeah. I'll listen to music and I'll see like videos or movies or little things inside my head. Yeah. Um, and so I, it makes a lot of sense for me to like do all that at the beginning. And I think that's something like moving forward, I'd really like to do like even this Christmas play movie that we've talked about multiple times. You know, like that's something where I'm like, I want to, I have like a couple songs that I definitely know I'd want to use and I can kind of imagine them a little bit, but I'm like, I think it would be very helpful for me to actually go and make a playlist and almost start kind of trying to score my ideas and then write to that score a little bit. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah. Nolan, he, uh, he wrote the script of Interstellar. I think all he told, like he kind of gave a little synopsis to Zimmer, um, Hans, and just kind of was like, I'm thinking about having a dad and his son, you know, have this relationship. And then the dad has to go to Earth to save, you know, have to yeah. leave Earth to save. And so Hans Zimmer made that whole, like, uh, organ kind of, yeah. it's like this really intense organ. But it was Han to be like, I think it should be a father-daughter relationship through kind of making this score. Yeah. And then that's when Nolan was like, yeah. this, is, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Watch the Nerd Writer episode, guys, or on uh, the newest Nerd Writer video, because, I mean, it really, I think it... It's great. It's great, and it talks about stuff that we're not specifically talking about that he, he does in a, his normal Nerd yeah. Writer fashion that, like, kind of, like, ex- examines it in a really good way. But, um, yeah, I just think it makes so much sense. Yeah. To have the composer brought in at the beginning, like you're really, saying, like his yeah. his best co-writer yeah. is the composer, because I mean it really is once once the talkies became a thing in <laughs> filmmaking, you know, it's like I really think it's like it really is music and visuals yeah. that make a movie what it is, and you can have a movie in black and white, you can have a movie that just has a bunch of wide shots, but you can't have a movie without music, yeah, you know, um, and I and I I would distinguish even once again score from songs yeah like you know like like pop songs or jazz songs like or, the first iron man had a lot of like uh like acdc and like, yeah. you know had like yeah because i was iron man yeah. then you watch infinity wars i'm telling you if you watch infinity wars compared to like avengers the first one there's a night and day difference because infinity war feels like a movie like yeah. the score that he yeah. has for thanos is beautiful yeah and, and i'm not a i mean like baby driver or other movies there's like there is great times where people will use a song like i mean quentin tarantino does it greatly yeah. where he drive where he you know quentin tarantino regularly puts in s- songs that are like perfect yeah for his movie 
And those can work as a as a form of a score, but I think more often than not, people just slap a pop cultural song in there because we all know it and recognize yeah. it and like it. Yeah. And it entertains us and, and we enjoy listening to it. Yeah. Um, but like really like orchestrating music to a specific story and scene and editing and camera movement and acting. Yeah. That's what a score really does. Um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, all these. I mean, like we were saying, like the Godfather is iconic. I mean, all these guys are great. So, uh, oh, Godfather. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. Right. I mean, it's like all this movie, oh, all this music is so, totally owns, uh, so, so, so tied to our experience of, of watching movies. Uh, so, probably one of the most exciting, like, bucket list moments so far in my life has been. Uh, when we got to record the original score, mm-hmm. uh, written by Hannah, uh, for our documentary, yeah, um, and uh, and going through that process was really interesting. Once again, being somebody who always wanted to do that, yeah. always wanted to make movies, always wanted to have original scores. I did have some ideas. Me and Hannah talked before we ever even went on the trail. Yeah, asked her if she'd be interested to be involved. Kind of talked to her a little bit about uh, some of the kinds of music I was thinking would be cool to use. Um, and then when we got back, it was like, well, some of the stuff that I had talked about wasn't really going to work. Um, and it was really fun working with Hannah. She's an awesome composer. I feel like she probably, I feel like I didn't do a good enough job helping like for her. Yeah. I bet she probably was annoyed at like working with me because half the time I didn't know what I really wanted. So Hannah, I'm sorry. Uh, you are a great composer. It's my bad. Uh, but, uh, working through her with that process though was really cool. Um, and I can again, see how it'd be even better on something that's scripted, you know, obviously a documentary, we didn't know what we were going to get or not get. So it's a little hard to say, well, this music needs to specifically go with this scene yeah. since we don't know what scenes we're actually going to get. Um, but anyways, after she wrote it all out, she wrote it all on a computer, uh, program, sent over some samples. You know, we agreed on everything, and then when we came, she came up here to Rome, and we recorded it. Uh, Roy, old, good old Roy, recorded it for us, uh, and it was just really, really cool. Were yeah. you there for that day? Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. you helped. You, did you? Get, I was there. For did you when get some you videos with her from the beginning? I was there uh, before we went on the trail. I was with. Well, you. I went down one time and met with her at a coffee shop, and you weren't there. I, the coffee shop, yeah. No, you weren't there every time that I met with I her. was there for a coffee shop. I think we were when we were here in no, town. We were down at a coffee shop. I was with it's by the, like that giant gun store. <laughs> I like how you remember the giant gun store. I just remember that giant gun store and then uh it was like kind of part of a strip mall type area. It's oh, closer to where she lived, that's why we gotcha. stopped by. Um but uh I'm very forgettable people, apparently. <laughs> um but well, yeah, I, I was, no, I just remember I mean I know you were I there. I know you were there for part of it because you knew Hannah more than mm-hmm. I did. Um but uh but yeah, anyways, that was just like watching she would play it on the pod on yeah. her iPad, I think, or her yeah. phone or something like that, the movie. Um and the intro song especially is one of my favorites. Um and it was I mean, it was like emotional. Like yeah. there was like a moment where like I wanted to like tear up almost because yeah. I was like, Oh, this is so cool to like work this hard for something like that and then see the music come into it and make it so much better. And actually speaking of on the silence one, um, we went in and put it in. She and this is where I was like, I bet she probably got annoyed working with us. We with her living like two hours away, me and Jeff would meet and so she wrote a bunch of she wrote like six songs and she was like, you know, here's the main one for the opening and then use the other ones however you want. So she timed the opening song to the opening the way it was. And then the remaining, she was like, just put them wherever you feel like you need to. 
Well, I don't think we put them where she wanted us to because <laughs> after we we did like the kind of like sneak preview here in Rome, she then was like, "Hey, if you want, I can give you some notes." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on where to put those, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that'd be great." And so then she did. And initially, we got them, and me and Jeff were like, "She wants us to cut most of the music yeah. out of the movie. This is gonna be like super boring." And so we, but I was like, "Let's just do it." For, I mean, Hannah, she's the composer. Yeah, we we. It's almost like she knows what exactly. She's doing. But I was like, we owe it to Hannah. Yeah. To like do it at least to see, you know. And as we were like halfway through, we were like, this is making the movie so much better. <laughs> and so we went ahead and finished it. And then we went around to film festivals and stuff. And Jeff, who was like the most concerned, because I think being an editor that yeah. started with, you know, it's more on the commercial promotional side of, of yeah. day job work. You do just fill the background with music. Yeah. You never have an interview without right. audio music in the background. You never have a candidates video or a highlight video without music, a commercial. It's always music, 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 music. And so I think that was kind of his mindset of like the movie just needs to constantly have music in the background. Yeah, yeah you want one constant like emotion throughout your uh, promo video. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think he was just like every scene just had music. And then about three film festivals in, he was like, I'm really glad that we like cut out most of the music. It's like so much better. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, well, I was like, she is the composer. Yeah. After all, she does know what she's talking about. So... uh Anyway, so that way, like you're saying, like the silence, like yeah. even somebody like Hannah was like, this scene is better if you just let it hang yeah. on its own. Um, but that was a really cool cool well, it, process to go through it, that with it her. It goes back to Tarantino where he was talking about why he loves movies. You know, yeah. it is the, you know, uh, when you're listening to a classical, you know, orchestra, like it is those driving moments. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And, but then it's also the quiet moments, the yeah. little moments that yeah. like, because you're a roller coaster. Yeah. So you want those yeah. in a movie. Yeah. So. yeah. 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 And obviously, who better to understand the analogy of conducting people's emotions than someone who is a, a composer yeah. slash conductor? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, it's something that I, I think I always look forward to anytime I get to work on something where I know it's going to be really musically driven. We've done a few music videos. That's always a lot of fun. Um, now, you know, in that situation, it's like, it's almost like the reverse, like the music comes first and then in post you make the, the visuals yeah. to go with it. Um, uh, so I think it'd be really cool to, to collaborate at the forefront and work on something together yeah. with somebody as you're going through the whole process. Yeah. You know, I, I think me and you have mentioned before here or, or off mic, but you know, it's like, it would be amazing to have the screenwriter, the editor and the director working together throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Because, uh, and obviously sometimes the director is the screenwriter, you know, or whatever, usually not the director, also being the editor. But nonetheless, those three people like working together from production, pre-production, production and post-production because the editor is one of the main storytellers of the movie. Yeah. And having their opinions on how they're going to edit it and how they're going to cut the scenes together and yeah. whether it's going to be like a fast scene or a slow scene, like that's really important stuff for the, editor to share before you go shoot the footage yeah and I even mean, in the screenplay it's like hey i'm gonna cut that line yeah like even when we do our little videos for companies and stuff you are asking me a lot of times because i edit the videos you know how does this do we get the shot do we get yeah that? yeah because i know i'm gonna be sitting in there and being like ah, we really need this one yeah and yeah. having the editor on set yeah. is like always a great thing in my opinion because yeah, yeah exactly what you're saying like they're the ones that can sit back and say i really need a cutaway yeah I need a cutaway of that close up right there. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm going to add to that. 
the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> the four horsemen of storytelling, I'm going to add the composer to that because yeah, it would be amazing to have the composer all the way through the yeah. whole movie. Yeah, because I know, think... Even have them on set, like if you could play music yeah. live, you know? That'd be and awesome. it's like, and if, once again, if the editor is involved from the very beginning, then everybody will know that that scene that you're blasting the music through speakers isn't going to need the live dialogue right. sound because <laughs> we're not using it. Yeah. You know, like we know, hey, we're all on board that this is going to be the music yeah. highlighted right here and all the other music is going to just be gone I or wonder, all the other audio. You I know? wonder if directors, they tell their composer, you know, make a, because you see it in Lord of the Rings, you know, the Hobbiton, the Shire. Yeah. It's like, that's the Shire theme. You know, Mortar has Mortar theme. You know, I wonder if uh, Peter Jackson was talking to Howard Shore, you know, as he was making it and it goes, all right, this is what Mortar is like. This is what Shire is like. Now make me something. You know, like I think about J.J. Abrams when he made uh, Star Wars. Ray's theme, which is a really beautiful, you know, he had John Williams write a theme for Ray. This is who Ray is. And maybe describe who she is. And so make something that fits that feeling, that motion. Yeah. You know, she's alone. She's an orphan. She's. Yeah. What what's the Jabba whatever the yeah <laughs> Tatooine two point yeah uh but a so, Jakku Jakku Jabba <laughs> quarter portions two quarter portions um but yeah I I just am I I wonder if that is I'd and say this probably is me just speaking yeah if uh, anyone knows that would be an interesting I, I bet concept. the good ones do yeah. you know yeah. I bet the good composers either ask and I bet the good directors tell yeah you know tell them. And if you have the marriage between like Spielberg and John Williams, where they're both great, I bet they both then sit down and say it together. I've I've seen where behind the scenes where John Williams is like sitting, or uh, Spielberg is at John Williams's house, mm. and John Williams is on the piano, yeah. and he's like playing different tunes, and Spielberg and Spielberg's yeah. like, mm, what about something like this? Yeah. And then he like, oh yeah, yeah, I like that. Could you add this to it? You know, yeah. almost like the spicing thing yeah. once again. You know, it's like, oh, this is good, but could you add a little bit more kick to it? Yeah, you know, something that just like kind of sits on sits on your taste buds a little bit longer than what you'd expect it would be. Yeah. Oh yeah. What about the? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really really good. <laughs> you know, and so it's like. Kind of like almost like sampling food yeah. or trying out stuff. It's like, you know, I, I've seen them do that. I also, I'm sure, I, I have a friend, well, like from me working with Hannah, uh, I have that personal experience of a director not doing as good of a job working with the composer as they could. And then I also have a friend who's a composer that I've met at film festivals. And once again, I feel like a lot of times, despite the fact that we all know that music is super important, whether you love soundtracks yeah. or not, we all know that they're super important. I feel like a lot of times the soundtracks are afterthoughts yeah. on our projects, um, which is actually something that you don't do with yeah. your the things that you've made. Uh, so kudos to you, Todd. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you you care about it and you make it important. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think that's a big element. Or they leave it up to the editor. Or they leave it up to other people to kind of make that decision when it's like really like you know it it. I bet there's a lot of situations where people, the composer is like, well, nobody's really telling me, but I know there's these four characters, so yeah. I'm going to make themes for each of them because yeah. that's what I'm yeah. supposed to do. That's what good composing is. And they just go off and do it on their own. Yeah. I bet that happens probably more often than not. I would think so. And the really good people yeah. probably actually talk. Well, in pre big budget movies, the pre-production, people I don't realize how long pre-production is. And so you have these... Assemblings of the uh, the assembling of the teams years in advance, and so 
uh, you know, getting everyone together. They probably have tons and tons of meetings of like, all right, what's the story about? Give me a synopsis, you know, all this so that the composer knows as much as possible so that he can. And I'm sure they have the script. Exactly. So then he can go make some stuff, yeah. and then that's when he presents it to the director and yeah. says, I like this, don't like this. Don't one like thing, this. I'm sure you've watched that one back in the day about why Marvel movies have yeah. horrible sound or how they're, why their soundtracks suck. But they talk about um, how, you know, back in the day they did have enough time in the post-production timeline and like mm -hmm. the distribution timeline that the composer would at the very least if they have to do it in post the composer would like the finished version of the movie right like it's picture lock which means you're not going to change any of the visuals or the edit only thing that's being added is the sound yeah whether it's sound effects or adr or folly sounds or the score and uh they were saying that oftentimes they're not doing a picture lock till right before the movie comes out so the composer has to go ahead and write a score even though the movie's not done yet. So they don't actually get to write to the movie. Oh, interesting. Which is why then, like, it's like if the movie, if the sound can't be made ahead of time to where the movie's then shot to the music, then at least the music needs to be composed to the movie. Yeah. To the edit. So that way then, like, the composer is like, okay, I'm going to make the beats land where the edits land because I can see the finished right. movie. And a lot of times they're basically writing the mu music now in the dark. <laughs> so all they have. I wonder if that's why Zimmer, uh, Hans Zimmer, like with his Superman soundtrack, it was almost a copy and paste of like Batman. You know, like it had some different elements, but like you could kind of tell that like he just. Yeah. You know. Well, like and then the other big thing they talk about in that, I'm going to spoiler alert for that YouTube video, but they talk about how much nowadays people edit with temp tracks. Oh, which is something we did on the documentary. Yeah. And so then you 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 need something when you're editing it because yeah. music and scores are so important. You start putting in scores of other movies or other sounds or yeah. other songs that you find. And so then when you get to the point where you're ready for the composer to actually work on it, you're so used to watching your movie to to that music that then you say, I want something that sounds like this. And if the composer goes and does something different and then they come back with it, you're like, no, no, no. It needs to sound more like this. And it might have been the Batman music, yeah. you know? Uh, and it's like, no, nah, I want it to sound more like Batman. Yeah. You know? And it's like... It's dark and gritty, yeah. Yeah. And so then... And the problem is, it's not that that music actually needs to be there. To some degree, yeah, it has already been edited to that music, so yeah. it is better because that's what we're saying. It's like sound so soundtracks are better when both of them are edited to each other. Yeah. And like intentional, basically. Uh, but then part of it is just like you just get used to it. Yeah. Like, is there a different version of the Star Wars soundtrack or Jaws that could still resonate and work really well? Of course. There's like a million options probably of like yeah. other songs, other instruments, other notes, beats that would that work great for those movies. It's just that we're so used to hearing those that if we heard something else, they'd be like, what? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Almost like chili pepper ice cream. Yeah. Like nobody would want to eat that because like, yeah. Ice cream's supposed to be sweet, yeah, not full of chili pepper. Yeah, but if we had always had chili pepper ice cream and never sweet ice cream, yeah. we would then say, "Well, ice cream's supposed to be chili pepper, not sweet." You know, yeah. so uh, that's another kind of two part of why more often than not, a lot of soundtracks aren't any good nowadays. Yeah. They don't have enough time. They're not editing to the actual movie. Yeah, they're editing in the dark, and then everything's been temp tracked so much that people just wanted to sound like the temp track. Yeah. Which then, obviously, if everything starts being based off of something that already exists, eventually 
everything after a while is going to sound the same. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's us talking about some scores. Yeah. We hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, I, I could talk about soundtracks forever. We ought to get Hannah or Austin, yeah. uh, one of our musician composer friends, to come in and talk a little yeah. bit more from their perspective on their process because that would be interesting to hear. Uh, and uh, we hope that all of you guys go out and listen to some of these scores that we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, and between now and then, we hope you guys have a great week. Bye. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.